G'day, I'm Dan Fox. This is Farmers Helping Farmers, the podcast. Proudly brought to you by Vic No-Till. We've always been putting band-aids on, and they're expensive band-aids. And we just can't afford it anymore as farmers. And we would want to keep poisoning their land. We want a healthy, living thing. It's You wouldn't throw it in your own stomach, so why do you want to throw it in the stomach of the soil? We want that soil to reward us, and if we work with it, it will reward us. And we can make more money, but we can enjoy life along the way. Being the observer is so important, but it's amazing how many people are just walking around with their eyes shut because they've been in that chemical system. They're so used to being told what to do. They don't even think for themselves anymore. They just do what the agronomist tells them. I was first introduced to Tim Parton by listening to a podcast that he had with John Kempf. He's changed his entire farming system to produce nutrient-rich food. He's become the farmer again by having the power of observation on his own farm. He's very passionate about fixing the soils on his own farm and he's passionate about helping other people do the same thing. We're lucky enough to have Tim at this year's Transition 23 conference and help a few farmers here with their transition to a regenerative farming system. I'm really fortunate to have the opportunity to sit down with Tim Parton and explore his farming system and his passions. So Tim, welcome to Australia. We're very thrilled to have you here. Sure, Dan. It's a pleasure to come over. It's uh, really enjoyed my short time over here. It's um, So I farm back in, back in the UK, um, South Staffordshire, which is just north of Birmingham where I farm as biologically and nutritionally as possible. So I've, I've cut fungicides out, insecticides out, pre-emergence herbicides out. Um, I don't use P&K fertilizers. Uh, I don't use growth regulators. I'm doing it all with nutrition and biology to back that up because I farm in the heartbeat of mother nature. And if you farm in the heartbeat of mother nature, it's like the old nursery rhyme, merrily, merrily down the stream, life is but a dream. You start to paddle upstream, life's bloody hard work and you'll always lose because Mother Nature is always stronger than us. She was doing such a good job of the whole planet before we came along as a human race and balls did all up. It's um, And we've got to get back in that rhythm with Mother Nature to heal all the damage that we've done. Hearing that, um, you've obviously made a big transition in your farming system. How did you come about this method of farming? Was it something that you were introduced to or...? It's it's been a, a long journey for me. I've always had a passion for soil. I could never understand why us as farmers abuse the soil so much when it's our finite resource. We can't just go and get more without soil. We can't make a profit because profit is everything. Um, and we need to value it. We need to look after it. You know, it, it does take five hundred to a thousand years to make that inch of soil from rock. And we've got to respect that. We've abused it for so long. We've done so much damage in the last seventy years. We've really ballsed it up, but now it's time to address the, that damage that we've done and, and heal this planet in which we live because there is no planet B. This is all we've got. And it's everybody's duty to look after it because th- there is nowhere else to go. We've got to heal that damage. And that is the beauty of being a farmer because we are the heroes of the world. Nobody else can, can heal this planet and provide food along the way. And it's time that we stir up and be proud of what we do because nobody else can offer that service. Absolutely. We, well, as farmers, we are custodians of the land. Um, we are in charge of looking after it. And uh, it's interesting when you say it's only you know, 500 years to make an inch of topsoil. 
You can lose an inch of topsoil very, very quickly if we don't look after it. So Exactly that, Dan, and that's why it's paramount that we do look after it, that we're getting that carbon back into the soil and holding that soil together and getting the aggregation and letting that water go through because that's one thing I've seen a lot of while I've been over here is these layers and that the root struggling to get through and the water not getting through and that's got to be addressed and you've got to keep that soil where it belongs. Absolutely, yeah, and that's, I think, a big thing about no-till um, and you would see it back home but... Uh, in the last 20 years, we've we've made some good leaps and bounds going forward from from where we were. But yeah, I think you know, as a farming community, I think we've got a long way to go as well. So every day's a learning day. It is, and yeah. we've just got to keep. And that's that's the beauty of Regen. And it doesn't matter where you go in the world. Regen farmers always want to help each other. And if we all do trials and help each other, we're going to move on this journey so much quicker. We're not each other's enemy. We should be friends and helping each other. And it's a small planet. And farmers all around the world have all got the same challenges. We're all up against the weather. We all moan about it, but we all love it deep down inside. Yeah, got the same boss. Yep. Yeah, she can be mean at times, but she, she can, can be, be awfully cruel. kind too. So. Yeah. Rough yeah. with the smooth. You've got to go through the shit pit to get to the nice bit. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, so and I think we take that on when we're farmers. You know, it's the thing that we accept. Um, you know. we, we embrace the challenge. And they say we might moan about it, but we're embracing that challenge because every year is different. We never know what we're going to get, and that's what makes it exciting. Yep. Because yeah. we never know whether we're going to get too much rain, not enough. Sometimes we get the perfect amount, and life's a dream again, but that would be boring if we got that all the while. It's always that challenge that we're looking for as farmers because we can. when you've conquered and succeeded and got around her and worked with her and achieved a result in extreme conditions, that's, that's worth a pat on the back. Absolutely, and, and probably more about building a system around... You know, we know we're going to have those extremes. We know we're going to be dry or wet, and particularly in Australia for the last couple of years, been very wet. But we build a system with Mother Nature, and and those extremes tend to not be extremes anymore. And that's the beauty of what we're doing, because you can start to see the results once you've been in three years, five years. You can really start to see those infiltration rates changing. So the water's going in, but we're holding it. So when we get those dry times, we're lasting that bit longer. And that's what it's all about. Water is everything. It could be the best farmer in the world, but without water, you're not going to grow anything. Absolutely. And that's why we've got to hold on to it. Water is just becoming more and more precious. And when we get it, we've got to hold it so we can keep it for those dry times. Absolutely, absolutely. And probably no better spot to put it than, um, well, in the soil, but to do it in an environment like ours, becoming much more variable with our, our climatic conditions, I think is what we're seeing as well. So we should be absolutely building our soils to, to store that water. It's all about carbon. We're a big percentage carbon and we need that carbon back in the soil, that carbon sponge. And, you know, the faster we can infiltrate the water and hold on to it, but also the faster we can get back on the soil to do our job. And that combination is just the reward of looking after your soil. You know, back home, I can travel a couple of days sooner than most people because my soil's taken that water in. It's got the aggregation, it dries out, it carries me. Uh, even if I get out there in the wrong conditions, it still just springs back up because it's alive. It's a living entity. And that's what it's all about. It, you've got to respect it because it's just one big stomach, but it's alive and you, we've mm. got to work with it. Yeah, it's, and we've got so much still to learn. It's soil, not dirt, and we need to view it. It's, it's just as living as the animal that you can see. Exactly that. It's a living entity, and that's why it doesn't always do what we expect it to do. And we've got to respect that and work with it, rather than in the last 70 years, we've always been trying to control that environment by putting poisons out there, by treating the, the symptom rather than looking at the cause of what's actually going on to, to create that problem. 
who have always been putting band-aids on and they're expensive band-aids and we just can't afford it anymore as farmers and who would want to keep poisoning their land we want a healthy living thing it's you wouldn't throw it in your own stomach so why do you want to throw it in the stomach of the soil yeah we want that soil to reward us and if we work with it it will reward us Mm. and we can make more money but we can enjoy life along the way and as you say there is no planet b if we are destroying it well then you know how long can we keep doing that for how you know i hate the word sustainable but how sustainable is it you show me anywhere in the world where the chemical system is actually actually working because it's failing miserably we've got resistance to, to weeds uh it's just not working we've, we've we've created all this damage in the soil we're getting these these layerings everywhere it's just not working and we've we've got to stand up and recognize that fact that it isn't working but we've now got a new system that can heal all that damage that will work and it's just understanding and working with it and to be more of a profitable farm because when you're in this system there's nothing really not to like because you've got a better working farm you've got soil that hopefully you're going to pass on to the next generation you're actually making some money Mm. which is the biggest one of all because unless you're in profit you're going nowhere number one rule don't go broke so i'm still yet to meet an unhappy regen farmer unless they were just born a miserable bugger because (laughs) there's nothing lot to like you can't help but smile you can't help but have that feel-good factor when you're walking your farm and you see more wildlife everything's working the soil is breathing, it's alive, and you've got a healthier crop. Mm. Now, if you can't smile at that, you, you need counselling. This method of farming does bring a lot of enjoyment back, and to transition into a method of farming like this, it, it does take a, a big jump for a start and a big, not necessarily, I suppose, leap of faith, but to have a, well, it is probably a, a leap of faith to say, well, I've got to stop doing it, and I know people have done it before in the past. That's... Uh, yeah, it, it takes, a, takes a bit to step off that system and into another one. A lot of people just don't like change. They, they feel uncomfortable. They're going out of that comfort zone, which is something I'll be talking about at the conference, because it is a big thing. I get that. It, it is. Change is a big thing, especially if you've got debt and you've got to be making money. And you might have seen somebody that it hasn't worked for, they've ballsed it up, and you think, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Well, you've got to, you're looking at the wrong people. You want to be looking at the people that have made a go of it and ask them why they've made a go of it. What did they get right? There's no point looking at somebody that hasn't got it has got it wrong because they didn't fully understand the system and it hasn't worked for them and they need to reevaluate and do it but it's looking at the people that have got it right and seeing how they've done it and how, 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 how the farm's improved they're the guys you want to be talking to to give you that confidence to hold your hand along the way because change is scary I get that and it's a big thing, but it doesn't have to be that scary. There's that many people doing it now. Mm. You can fix up the phone up and ask somebody. When I started, there was very few. It was hard. I had to work it out. Yeah. Well, now a lot of us have been through that pain. We know what it feels like to not sleep at night because you're worrying about the crop or you're worrying about something. That doesn't need to happen anymore because there's so many of, it, of us gone through that pain now. We can talk other people through it and make the journey a happy one rather than uncomfortable. That's right, yeah. And, and having local experience in a local context makes a lot of or makes that jump a lot easier for people so it does because farmers are always visual learners because we visually all the while so to go and see somebody and see their crop and see it's working and talk about it that's probably the fastest way for somebody to to learn i read a lot of books that's how i do a lot of my learning and that's we're all different it doesn't doesn't matter as long as you're learning and taking the farm forward and not going backwards because yeah. soils will go backwards as quickly as they've gone forward. So you've always got to be a, observe, the observer, as we've been talking about yeah. the last few days. Dan, that, being that observer is the most important thing in my mind of regen farming, of actually watching what's happening, seeing changes, seeing what's happening. Is it going backwards? What, what's caused that? Always looking at the cause, not the symptom. 
and that being the observer is so important but it's amazing how many people are just walking around with their eyes shut because they've been in that chemical system they're so used to being told what to do they don't even think for themselves anymore they just do what the agronomist tells them and don't question it mm. and it's, this is question 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 everything you're doing you've got to figure out how things work and ask the question why it works or why it doesn't work and and see on farm trials and those sorts of things you're only going to find out what works if you if you start asking questions and that's the fun bit once you start asking questions there's just more and more questions you just can't stop because there's so much to learn we've just started the tip of the iceberg on this journey and Mm. questions are everything but life's boring enough you know just doing (laughs) the same thing all the while and not questioning it's just find new things find what works Absolutely. Come up with novel ideas. Yep. Yeah, and quite often it's those ones that, you know, you're lying awake at three o'clock in the morning looking at that point in the in the roof, and that's where a lot of ideas come. Yep. And you go out there and you try them, and some work, but some don't, and, and be prepared to make a mistake. Well, it's not, I shouldn't say mistake, learning experience, because that's where you learn. As you'll be well aware, Dan, you learn more when things go wrong than when they go right. Absolutely. And there's always a positive there. I can't be dealing with people, oh, it's gone wrong and they're all doom and gloom. Look for what was good. What, what have you learned? Well, Even why, if it's not to do it, it again, wrong? you've learned something. Mm. There's always a learning there. There's always a positive. There's no point dwelling on the negative. That just makes you unhappy. Absolutely. And and quite often you'll fall back into that, that old habit of it's really easy in the old system. And Oh, that's, it's so easy to fall back in that. And I always use the analogy. It's like swimming across a river and you, you start off and you're all excited and you, you start that first third and then you get halfway. And you, oh, I'm getting a bit tired now. And you start looking back at that bank behind and my advice don't look back keep that vision of where you want to be yeah. where you're aiming for why you're doing this because we know we can't carry on the way we are carbon levels have got so low in soil yeah. we can't carry on it's failing miserably we've got to get that carbon back and if you want to leave your farm in a farm in state for the next generation you've got to keep that vision of going forward mm, absolutely and there was a really good analogy at last year's conference that like driving across driving along a highway you know sometimes you might bash the armco but as long as you're on the right road heading in the right direction yeah it doesn't matter keep so moving forward keep and moving keep forward, forward. And if um yeah if you if you bash the arm code it's all right because that's a learning experience it is and the only way that you're going to become a better farmer is by having learning experiences you've got to have a few knocks on the way that's part well, of the, part there's of a reason the why you take your training wheels off and you fall off your bike exactly so. life's life is just one learning curve that's what we're here for absolutely well, it's boring otherwise so. of course it is so. and if it all went right it'd be boring as well absolutely if you just stopped in the middle of the road god that's boring yeah you need a few knocks liven the life up and yeah exactly right yeah life is about having fun and regen is all about having fun yeah that's right no i talked to a lot of farmers that are farming or made the transition or are transitioning and they say it's a lot more fun now i'm not reading a reco well i am to an extent but it's not just get in the cab read a reco sheet go home that day get up read a reco sheet they are becoming the farmer which is what we've lost we've had a generation that aren't actually farmers our forefathers were far better farmers because they had to work with nature Mm. they had to look at the signals they didn't even have weather forecasts if you go back far enough (laughs) they were just looking at what's going on they were looking for the signals of, of spring coming in looking for the signals of a dry time coming they were watching and learning and we've lost that ability but you know that's taking it to the extreme but it's questioning why why do i need to put that on why do i need to spend all that money mm. who's making the profit here no oh, we know where it's going exactly you, follow not, the money. you know the farmers have just been a worker for far too long everybody else has had a damn good lifestyle we've been working our arse off 24 7 mm. for very little reward well we probably 
no reward when you look at the loss of natural capital that we've seen. Oh, totally, totally no reward. And that's it's time to turn the cards. You know, we've we've got so much to offer as farmers, and we can actually make some money. Mm. And for once, we're in the driving seat. That's the important thing. It's really important to be in the driving seat with the fellow farmers around you. Well, it um, makes it more fun. So agronomically, there's nothing much more we can do. Like, we do everything that you can do now. The concept that Loam has of bringing an endophyte into the system, which will increase soil carbon, is a game changer. If we can increase soil carbon by bringing in another individual product that does that, that's what it's all about. That's going to change everything. That was Steve Nicholson, farmer from Warinia, New South Wales. If you want to learn more about how Loam can help you increase your soil carbon, go to loambio.com. Probably touched now on what you're doing back at home with your Green Farm Collective. I know that's a really strong passion of yours, so would you like to... Yeah, sure. Um, so we came together as a group of farmers to be farmers for farmers because the, the carbon market's it's happening. Um, we didn't want to be left with just the crumbs again as a farmers always seems to be we wanted to make sure we'd got a big slice of the cake so we wanted to try and have a say and take control of that situation so we've started to trade a bit of carbon we've sold some 100 pounds a ton which is a good price i think it's probably worth more if i'm totally honest but that's just our starting point because ours is a real good quality carbon in track we've got all that traceability we've got the story and that story's got value Nobody else can offer that story. Yeah. The same, I've sold some biodiversity, which is in the form of wildflowers, to a company in Birmingham back home. They're a flooring company called FLR, and uh, they didn't, they wasn't interested in carbon. They can't see it, but they wanted to do something to say to their customers, look what we're investing in. Mm-hmm. So they come out, we do bird surveys to show that, that the birds are increasing because of it. We do pollinators because wildflowers are so important to our, our natural pollinators, our, our original pollinators, because they don't recognise a lot of the new plants and flowers that are coming in. They'll fly straight past them looking for the original flowers. So it's really nice now to have the wildflowers there and actually see how busy they are. So we've got bees on farm and the hives. We had 40, 45 jars from the hive last year, which is right at the top end. And we could have taken more, but we know we left some for the bees because it's all about sharing. There should be enough for everybody on the planet. Um, And now we're just starting to actually um, have an audit done so we can trade all our produce. So trade wheat as, as regen wheat and have a premium on it and actually get rewarded for it being nutrient-rich food. You notice I'm using the rich, Dan? Yeah, yeah, not dense. Rich is lighter than dense. um, I did a talk with the Food Council in London just before Christmas, and they pointed out to me that dense is so dark, it's black, Mm. they can't sell it. So it's got to be lighter. So I use the word rich because it's lighter, it's bright, it's vibrant. Mm. And that's what food should be. And probably represents wealth in terms of... Yeah, and we want that energy from the food because Mm. if we eat right... We're going to be healthy human beings, you mm. know. It's, we are what we eat, and Absolutely. sometimes what we eat influences what we think. So it's really important to make sure we're getting that right, healthy food. And to me, it's no coincidence over the, the since um, synthetic started, you know, synthetics have gone up, human health have gone down. Mm. There's got to be a funny correlation there. Yeah, funny about that. Yeah, good business model. Good business model. <laughs> Billions, trillions. It's you know, you can see why they don't want to change it, but. We want to live a long, happy life. We don't want to be sick. Absolutely. So you know, we need, but we need to get it out there to the to the consumer because if the consumer starts to understand 
what regen produce is and the story behind it and how we can heal the planet and produce some healthier food, mm. they're going to want to buy and, that. And more of it. And more of it. Yeah, they're going to want to invest in that. And that's what it's all about. But a lot of them still aren't aware of it because the powers that be don't want that to get out because there's no money in it for them. Like this. So it's up to us again. Farmers taking control. And as I was saying over the last few days, Dan, if we all stand together worldwide as farmers, we've got some power. Absolutely. We've got some strength. If we start being trying to outdo each other and selling a few dollars cheaper, buy mine, don't buy his, you can have mine cheaper, that's not going to achieve anything. We've got to stand together worldwide, which is what I want Green Farm Collective to be able to do, to bring us all together, to have that power, to have that say, and natural capital is going to be worth a lot of money. But again, if we start outdoing each other, selling cheaper, it's going to lose its value very, very quickly. And, and that's a, not what it's mm. about. We need to be in control of this one because nobody else can offer the service. It's just us. Absolutely. And let's have that power and let's stand together and be united for once. And I think that's we really need to be. It's it's not, let's let's do it. it we really need to it's be so united. It's so important. And travelling around doing talks, you realise farmers are the people are the same wherever you go. And if as farmers, if we stand together now and unite, it's a small world. It's not big it's small it's mm. easy for us to keep in touch as we do Dan yep and it's easy for us to stand together and make decisions together and all of a sudden we've got some power we've got some say all of a sudden everybody's got to start and listen to us because we can turn the tap off if we want to absolutely and that's where that power comes from and the same with natural capital nobody else can offer it just us mm. Mm. and you know we can offer well, natural capital, we've got to start building that back up again, but be rewarded for it. We've and got to start building it up. And I think as farmers, we take it for granted because we're looking at stuff every day. It's it's our farm. It's our backyard. We're looking at it. It's like, who'd want to buy into this? People in the cities haven't got that facility. They want to be part of it. They want to see it. They want to see the good that they can do. And we've been kicked and punched so long over the last few decades, it's time to readdress it and stand up and show that we are proud to be farmers. We are the heroes of the world. And we can offer that service. Yeah. And get on behind us, because if they start to realise what we can offer, they will get behind us, and then we've got some strength. Mm. And I think it's probably the last, when you talk about the 80s and the 70s, and I think it was probably that era that we, I think a lot of people lost touch with farms, particularly around here anyway. Um, we had a generation that, or a generation that had a farmer, or a farmer in their family, and then the next generation went by and then they lost touch with that that farm and i think that's where us as a society we've lost touch with where our foods come from so it's a really good way to bring it back by having people saying i want to be a part of this i want to invest in this um you know take some ownership of some land again or, or the management of the land by investing in regeneration totally agree and you know from the second world war the the world needed food and we were asked to produce food and by christ we did a good job of it we gave them food then we were kicked for giving too much food how can we win here and now you know we're still being kicked for destroying the landscape to produce food hang on you were hungry about 50 60 years ago now you now you're moaning us for knocking the landscape it wasn't our fault we were just led we did what we were asked of and now it's time to join together and stand up and farm the way we want to to produce the food that we want to produce that actually people want to eat and buy and invest in the consumer has lost that contact with where their food is they've taken it for granted it's just food you start and explain the journey behind it and how much effort and work and care and love and compassion that we give to produce that food because everybody loves their farm they shouldn't be farming if they don't you know we love doing what we're doing but we've just kept our heads down and just kept going well now it's time to turn and stand up and be proud and explain what we're doing and explain how we can heal the planet that's where the power is and that's where we can get that growth 
and stand together and really move this force forward. Apart from seeing more of the countryside than your taxi driver in Sydney. (laughs) He'd never been out of Sydney, get it right. (laughs) Which is really interesting, but you've been in the country for a week. Uh, I've had a couple of conversations about how our farming is similar but different to yours back home. What have you seen in your travels and what have you learnt in your time in your last week travelling around a few farms and where do we see or what do you see that's similar and different in the Australian context? I think the one thing that you always see similar is the weather, Dan. It's, we all have wet times. It's raining back home. They're all really annoyed because headers aren't moving and uh, or they grab snatching and grabbing. I always had this vision Australia would be so dry and warm and I've got here and I'm freezing my balls off and <laughs> it's so wet. It's uh, We've struggled to walk across some of the fields because it's just um, running so wet and they think, God, you need some drainage here to get this off. But I know you're going to be dry soon. Um, so that's been a recurring theme, how wet everywhere is, which um, has been an eye-opener for me. Uh, I think the amount of heavy metals you've got has, has been a real eye-opener for me. It's a, a new problem that I haven't seen and uh, it's so much of this layering that I'm seeing it's a real eye-opener. Um, you know, we, we'll have a little bit for pans, but I've never seen these layers that you have here. That's been really interesting and getting those roots down through those layers and the toxicity and seeing how you're overcoming it and making a good job of it and starting to open those layers up, which is going to let the water through. That's 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 been a learning curve to see the challenges that you're up against. So that, that's been enjoyable. You know, I can see there's a lack of calcium in a lot of the soils and I can see that we need a lot more carbon getting into these soils. But you're starting the journey. It's a work in progress and that's important. And I think that's it's really important that we as farmers, as we want to take the observational view, we've got to be observing things in our context. Um, and this is what I keep telling a lot of people is, you, you, the principles are still the same no matter where you go. I, I can go to your farm and the principles are still the same. Um, we've had conversations. We've got the same challenges, but we've got to go about it differently. Yep, exactly that. We've, we've, we've all, it's, it's principles are exactly the same everywhere in the world and it works everywhere in the world. It's just being the observer. And what I always say to everybody, buy a spade, dig your soil, have a look what's going on, get to know it. It's a living thing. Start to love your soil, smell it, taste it but see what's going on. And that's the real starting point because once you start to see what's going on, you can then see the improvements that you're making. Well, you can benchmark yourself. You can benchmark yourself. Yeah, you've got something to work. You know, and one of the things I always say is when you're starting off on this journey, get a jam jar, fill it full of soil, put it on the shelf, leave it there, come back to it in five years' time, see how the colour's changed, see how the texture's changed. Remind yourself of what you're up against and how far you've come because when you're looking at it all the while, you get very complacent and you don't notice the changes that are happening. You don't notice that you've got a few more worms. You don't notice how the infiltration rates have gone better. And that's, that's important to, to give yourself that pat on the back and that realisation that what you're actually doing is working because then it gives you the inspiration to do that bit more and move it that next step forward. Mm. Start and cut down on your, on your nitrogen use. Start to give that soil a chance to breathe. And that's, that's what it's all about. But you've got to have that pat on the back and see, see it's actually working to, to have that visual reassurance that, yeah, this is working. Absolutely. I'm moving in the right direction. Yeah, and well, I think we had that. You know, we were lucky enough to drive around with Cole Bowie last week and been working with Cole for a little while, but we haven't obviously been able to see him due to COVID. Um, I haven't seen him for four years. And for him to come out and you know put a shovel in our paddock where he's been four years ago, and he's been able to see big changes because he's 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 been the jam jar he's seen it early and 
seen it now. He said, this has improved out of sight since last time I've been and here. And that's beautiful because he hasn't seen it for so long. He would, he would still have that memory of what it was like. Because Absolutely. Because he always remember soils. Yeah. And for him to come four years later and see the good work that you've been doing... And that was a good couple of days with Cole. You know, we, we had some good discussion going on. It was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. But it's so nice that he can see that your soils are moving forward. Yeah, and that's that's the pat on the back that you need to keep pushing forward. Well, it makes yeah. it all worthwhile. Yeah, and to know Because that we all like yeah. to be um, rewarded or, or appreciated. And your soils showing the appreciation for the loving care you're giving to it. And that for somebody to recognise that, it's, it's, you can't help but have that feel-good factor. And and gives you motivation. Yeah. It, it, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time asleep that night because we were thinking about But all day you could see the smile on your face. Yeah, I, I you knew You could that... see what you'd done was working. Yes, absolutely. And to have somebody to appreciate that. It, that's worth a million dollars and reassure that we are on the right path yeah. we can see improvements in our soil yeah and we know and a comment that you said when we we're driving around i can't wait to see this soil in five years time which i hope you can yeah because you'll be my next jam jar because it will be you know in five years you'll really have jumped if you keep up the good work and i can see it happening that aggregation is coming it's working its way down and in another five years you're going to see massive improvements mm. and I, I think it's it's wise to be remembered or reminded that we're talking five years not five weeks or five days and i think that's where a lot of people probably get lost a little bit is they expect that instantaneous result it it's something that i get um, back in the uk a lot and people say it's all right for you you've been doing it a good while but yeah you've got to start somewhere if you don't if you don't start the journey how can you complete the journey a thousand mile journey starts with a single step and that's the most important thing you know people always get sort of caught up in oh i want to be there i want to be there I wanna be. just enjoy the journey the journey's the fun bit. Absolutely. It's getting there, it's learning. That's the fun bit. Once you've, you know, everybody always says, I want to get there. Well, where's there? But there doesn't exist. It's just a journey and enjoy the journey. Yeah. And once you start the journey, you know, you get a bit more energy for it. You get a bit more excited about it. And then you do a bit more and a bit more. But you, you've got to earn the right all the way. It doesn't just happen. Absolutely. It's not a miracle thing. You've got to put the work in. Yeah, that's and right. It's hard work. But what a rewarding job. When you see everything coming back to life. And giving you as a farmer the reward of a bit better yield, making mm. a bit more money. It's, more a two way, it's a two-way thing. You know, you've, mm. got, you've got to look after your soil and your soil will look after you. That's right. But it starts with us looking after it. Yeah. So. Somebody's got to make the first step. And Absolutely. unfortunately, the soil is trying. But we've been, every time the soil's tried to improve itself, we keep killing everything to stop it. Exactly right. We, we, wasn't, we wasn't watching <laughs> what it was trying to do. You need to observe why things are there and why things it's are happening. All, it's so important. And I, you know, I kept saying over the last few days, being the observer is so important. Because once you start to notice things, you'll notice a few more because you become more of the observer. Mm. It's like starting on the region and you start asking questions when somebody's recommended something to put on. Well, why am I putting that on? What's mm. it going to do? Yeah. That's costing a lot of money. Why have I got to spend that much money? And it, once you start asking the questions, you can't stop because then it becomes normal. Yep. You always ask the questions rather than just doing as you're told. Mm. It's stepping out from the flock, yep. which is important in, on this journey. It's to... You haven't got to go the same way as everybody else. It's your journey. Absolutely. And, you know, as we've been discussing as well, Dan, over the last few days, every farm is different. And you've got to make the system fit on your farm, not bring somebody else's system to your farm that's worked on their farm. Yep. Doesn't mean it's going to work on yours. No, that in context is... Well, everybody wants the blueprint, and there isn't one, I'm afraid. You've got to get off your arse and actually work and, and make the blueprint yourself. I think there's no better way to prove that is on your own farm... Quite often you can see where you've taken a fence down and different management practices in two different paddocks and the fence has been taken down 50 years ago, but you can still see the two paddocks. It's like as we were doing at Brendan's and that, you know, you, you start to go to the places that haven't been disturbed and you can see what the soil should be. Yep. 
then you know what you're working towards. And that's, you know, that's where you can see all the carbon that we've burnt out of our soils. You can see how it used to function and how it's not. The, you know, the air's gone out the soil, it can't breathe. It's, it's just dead. And that's where we've got to nurse it back to life now. We've, 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 there isn't an excuse anymore because we know we can get the, the, as, as good a yields or better yields than conventional. We know we can make more money. There is no excuse not to do it anymore. We've got the knowledge where sort of like 10 or 15 years ago it was still a bit woo-woo-y and people was questioning it but now we know it works if it doesn't work on your farm it's because you've done something wrong or not observed right yeah you've mm. done something you haven't observed it's the same thing you know you've done something wrong the system works anywhere in the world mm. if you if it's not working on your farm it's something you haven't quite got right and you need to look at it mm. rather than grow, going and grabbing for a can and just having the quick fix of a band-aid mm. that's not going to fix anything we've got to actually get out there why, why, why didn't that work and it's it's also you know it's always important if if the person that's helping you and advising you isn't working and you're getting the results and change advisor it's your business it's your farm yeah they might be a friend but it's your farm and you've got to make decisions for your business because if you go bankrupt that advisor's not going to come and give you a big bailout they're gone they're on to the next person to make their money yeah. so it's so important that you're the one making the decisions listen to the advisor but it's you that's got to make the decision yeah he who writes the checks gets the final say exactly yeah. and that's how it should be it's yeah. your business and we've got to be the farmer yeah and, and that's the thing is you said it really right agronomists are agronomists so they are advisors and we've got to take it like that they advise us but we've got to we're on the farm every day and that's why i love being out in the paddock is because i'm the observer yeah I'm in the in the tractor observing every eight, well, you know, every square inch. But you, you're making management decisions based on what you see. Yeah. And we're not reading off a reco sheet anymore. No. We get some advice. I get some really good advice, and I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that will give you the right advice. Yep, it is. But they they're not sitting on the sprayer. No. Well, they're not sitting on the. They tractor don't know or, your farm. They don't know every inch. They just see a little bit of it. That's right. And quite often, you'll take them to the worst bits or the best bits, and mm. they make a, a decision on that. You know, and I do a bit of advising, and I'll always give people at least three options of what they could do. Yep. And it's their decision. I'll tell them which one I would choose, but it's their decision. Mm. It's them that's got to make the the final say. Mm. Because it's it's always funny to notice. If, you're, if you've got somebody who's an agronomist, when it all goes well, the farmer, it's, they're the best farmer in the world. When it goes wrong, it's the agronomist's fault. <laughs> it shouldn't be like that. It should just be the farmer. I've made a decision. It's a team effort. Yeah, yeah. And if it goes right, we're all in the team. If it goes wrong, we're all in the team. It's it's you no know, passing the book. It's a decision, and it's working as a team. But it yeah. should be a team effort. That's what it's all about. And that's that's how you need to view it. Yeah, and there's, you know, we want to praise the successes of what we've done right. And yeah. we've got to accept the failures but the ju- that we've had. But the journey's and- hard enough without having the wrong advice with there. If you've got somebody you're not, it's not gelling, they don't believe what you're trying to d- achieve, mm. or they've got a different agenda to you, and you're going into it, it change. It's not worth the aggravation. Mm. The, the, the stress, not stress, but the challenge of doing what we're doing is hard. Change is hard. I get that. Mm. But it didn't be even harder by having the wrong advice in your ear all the while. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. want somebody positive that's helping you on the journey, and when it is difficult, they put their arm around you and say, come on, it's going to be all right, we'll get through this. Mm. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly right, yeah. How big a scale do, can we see results within a community if we change our food production system to look at producing much more nutrient-rich food? 
oh, I think the, I think it's endless, really, what we can achieve if we start to nourish our bodies because we've just been giving our bodies empty calories as far as I'm concerned. It's As I think I said in the magazine, I went through a period of anxiety, depression. Uh, my wife worked in mental health and she said, Tim, I don't want you to go on the, 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 the drugs. I want you to do this. Look, look at the cause, not the symptom, not put the Band-Aid on. So I got myself tested. I got myself sub-tested, basically. Um, saw all the, the the inadequacies or you know, where I was deficient um, and I addressed those, got myself right and I got better and that was the real light bulb moment for me that we are what we eat but sometimes what we eat influences what we think and mm. your food is so important what we put into the engine and I think if everybody started to have nutrient rich food we were not going to have anywhere near the health problems which you know there's a lot of people won't like that because the money's not there but, you know, I, I follow Andrew Soule in, in the USA and I follow Patrick Holford in, in the UK and they've done some marvellous work. Some people aren't ready for their work and they can't accept it and they'll poo-poo it just like people poo-poo regen. It's, I'm used to that, I don't care. It's my journey and I'll do what I want. And we are what we eat and having the right nutrition is so important. And if we can start to produce nutrient-rich food, because none of us have seen the true value of nutrient-rich food because our soils are so depleted, they're so degraded. And we can start and be on this journey and see how the food will increase. And isn't that a good feeling as a farmer to know you're actually healing somebody and, and making them well rather than just giving them empty calories as we've been producing? Because that's all it is, you know, full of urea, empty calories. And that's why people eat more and more and more to try and have that nutrition. And it's just not there. So they Absolutely. eat more and more and more. Yeah. It's still not there. Yeah. You know, they, they can eat a lot less when they've got the right nutrition there because the body's nourished very quickly mm. and it's healthy. It's just like our soil. We put the right nourishment out there. Plants don't get sick, and that's how I managed to get away from using fungicides because my plants are healthy plants. They're not sick, so they don't get ill, and that's mm. what it's all about. Yeah. Now, I think there's a lot of potential. Well, there needs to be a lot of potential to heal a lot of these ailments that we're seeing in modern society at the moment. And I'm, uh, I'm confident in saying any plant disease, I can heal it nutritionally. I might not. It might take me a year or two if it's a new one I haven't come across, but I'm confident in saying that, and I'd be confident in, in us as well. If we get the right nutrition, we're not going to get the dementias and the cancers. Absolutely. And I was growing up, you know, it wasn't there. This is a new thing. Mm. But people seem to accept it as if it's the norm now, and it's not normal. No, no, absolutely. We need to reverse this. We need to get in some decent food. We're nearly the the frog in the hot water aren't we yeah um, it's been happening for 25 30 35 years and getting slightly worse and slightly but worse. it's just like saw degrading it's a, it's a very slow process and nobody notices it until you get to the stage where it's not producing but that generation you know 50 60 years ago before can't tell that generation how bad the soil's gone mm. and our human health has gone the same way it's so gradual we haven't noticed it we've, we've just gone with it and accepted it mm. you know cancer's become the norm it wasn't the norm when I was growing up. It shouldn't be, no. It's a sign that we're unhealthy. We're getting the wrong nourishment. And that's it's that's why it's time to readdress this. And that's why I keep going back. We are the heroes of the world. Nobody else can have, has got this power. It can't be grown in a lab, not to have proper nutritious food. This this is what it's all about. Producing food as Mother Nature intended. Well, when you have hydroponic tomatoes and stuff like that, you can't taste the flavours. No. Because you haven't got that connection to Mother Earth. And that's where it all comes from. That's where it all comes from. And that's why it's so important that we, you know, we look after what we've got and keep producing food. Mm. Yeah, because it, it is the thing that fuels us, but it's the thing that fixes us too. It, it, well, it's, it's, there's a lot of, well, it's the same here, but in the UK, there's a lot of talk about planting trees to, to stop global warming. And trees are great in the right position. But not take arable land out of production or any land that's producing food. That's just stupid. You mm. know, I can prove I can sequester just as much carbon with my cover crops 
as a bunch of trees, mm. but I'm still producing food. There's a lot of hungry people in the world still. Mm. And to take land out of production is just ludicrous. Mm. Whoever's followed up with that idea just isn't seeing the, the end result. They, just, they must think food comes from supermarkets as well. That's all <laughs> I can think because yeah. it's a road to nowhere. We need food. Mind you, I think trees might be a better choice than solar panels, in my opinion. Oh uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so. solar panels is another bugbear of mine. To take land out of production to put solar panels on when we've got all this empty roof space in all our cities is just balmy. And I, I think, think people that are doing that don't understand the carbon cycle. No. They don't understand what our soils are designed to do. Exactly. So, and that's, I think that's a big challenge for us as farmers that we need to have the right, or have the right people in there advising the people that are making the legislation. And that's why, again, Dan, I say it's so important we stand together because then we've got power and we get noticed and then we'll get asked to these events because farmers have always been very good to keep their head down and just get on with it. Mm. Where now we've got to change that. We've got to be out there helping them make the decisions as they make the right decisions for once. Absolutely, and, and not the wrong what, ones. That's important and somebody's got to do that work. Mm, absolutely. I think we're getting close to time and I'll just ask you one final question which I ask all of my guests. Uh, if you had the potential to go back in time and tell your younger self one thing, what would that one thing be? Question everything. Mm. Don't believe what you're told, question it. Don't just believe it, question it, because that's what's really happened for me on my re regen journey. It's, I was given a lot of bullshit over the years of what how soil works, and we've got to put this on, we've got to put that on, we've got to put that on. And I didn't even question it myself because it was in the book. That's what you're supposed to do. Now I know I don't need to put that on and I don't need to put that on. I question everything. So my, to my younger self, I would say, ask why. Why have I got to do that? Why does that need that? Ask the question. Don't just sit there and accept it and just do what you're told. Mm. Question and, and observe is yeah. really quite, Always the quite powerful tools. And yeah. If you observe something in nature that the textbook doesn't say, yeah. about time you threw the textbook out. It is because we're in a new era now. You know, There isn't a textbook for regen. I'm sure they'll be trying to write one soon, but the beauty of it is there isn't. It's a learning thing, and that's why it makes it such an enjoyable journey because it reinvents farming. And that's somebody that's been stuck in a chemical system. All of a sudden, they start to enjoy farming again. And they haven't done that for years, and I see it all the while. They say, I'm actually enjoying farming. And they've got their inspiration back that they had when they were young going into farming because they're re-energised because they know what they're doing is right. And that's why asking questions is so important. And it's all about having fun. Absolutely. So, Tim, thank you very much for joining me today. I hope your flight home is really good. I know you've got a header to jump on in the next couple of days, so we hope the harvest is good for you and we look forward to catching up again soon. My pleasure, Dan. You take care. Thanks, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Vic No Till Farmers Helping Farmers podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends, and if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. The more people who join the conversation, the more we learn from each other. Subscribe to Farmers Helping Farmers on your favourite podcast app and connect with Vic No-Till by becoming a member or following us on Twitter, Facebook or YouTube.